it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Welcome to the only show that doesn't care about ratings, because our sole purpose is to save souls, on purpose. Go to witnesstalkradio.org for more episodes and syndication options. Witness Radio is also on Facebook. Can you name something evil? How about three things? Jen, our correspondent at Slippery Rock University, was training our newest intern, Matt, on how to share the gospel through radio interviews. They came up with this neat question to start a conversation with people that's really easy to transition to the gospel. Can you name three things that are evil in the world today to you personally? Crime, partially the government, and terrorist. Good answers, good answers. All right, uh, do you think uh, lying's wrong, evilly? Yes. How about stealing? Also, yes. How about murder? Definitely yes. Definitely yes. Have you ever told a lie yourself? Yeah. Have you ever stolen anything? Kinda. Okay. Have you ever um, killed anyone? No. Okay. The Bible does say if you hate someone, you've murdered them in your heart. If you lust after someone, you've committed adultery within your heart. The Bible also does say that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Not many people know that. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, there's thou shalt not lie, and ten commandments. But. Exactly. So by your own mission, just, uh, just looking at a few of the commandments, you admitted to being a liar and somewhat a thief. He forgives you your sins no matter what they are and how bad they are. How do you know that? You know that through resurrection and uh, getting saved. So is all you have to do is just ask for forgiveness and that's it? Yeah, he forgives you your sins. It's not, they don't bear with you. I mean, you still did them, but. So if I'm standing before a judge and I've raped and murdered a woman and I say to the judge, Judge, I know you're just loving God and you will forgive me of my crime, and you'll let me go free. Would that be a good or a bad judge? Be a bad judge. You still got to pay the consequences. You're not forgiven by everyone. See, God's a just God. He does forgive, but he also has to punish sin. He cannot just let that go free. That wouldn't be a justice, now would it? No. So, you're in a pickle now. You're standing before God on Judgment Day which we will all die someday, and you will have a fine to pay. And you can't just say to him, I know you'll forgive me, and you'll let me go scot-free. So what are you going to do? Well, first you have to ask for forgiveness. That's, that's the first step. What else are you going to do? Um, praise God and worship God. That's all good. But there's one other thing you have to do, and it's called Repentance. Um, the Bible also says that the demons believe and tremble. They know the consequences of their actions. I can believe all I want to and ask God for forgiveness every single day, but if I don't show 
any change of heart, then I'm not really asking for forgiveness. I'm just putting it off so I can do it again tomorrow. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. You can't just steal every day, lie every day, and just ask God to forgive your sins and keep doing it. No, you have to. It's morally wrong, and you need to stop and then be forgiven. It's not something you can just keep asking for forgiveness and keep doing it. So does that mean that you're going to repent then? I have repented. Are you a Christian? Yes. Do you share faith often? Yes. Well, it's good to hear. Well, when I can in college, right. it's not the easiest. Yeah, college is pretty hard sometimes. Um, well, I, I thank you for your time, and uh, just wanted to say that, um, honestly, think about this. Um, sounds like you have, but um, consider it again, because uh, you, you, you need to know the answers from the Bible. Do you have a Bible at home? Yeah. Just read it and try to understand it a little more. I encourage you to do that, because there's a lost and dying world out here, and they're really asking for answers, basic questions. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Can I ask you one more question? Sure. What about Jesus? What did he do on that cross? Wait, what did you say? What did Jesus do on the cross? Uh, died for our sins and, not, like, he gave his life for us. That's right. So when you stand before God, you're going to trust that Jesus died on that cross and paid your fine and three days later he rose from the grave. So when you stand before him, it's not that he just forgives you randomly. It's that he died on that cross to pay that fine. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I had to interject. I apologize. Okay. You're listening to Witness Radio. Can you name three things that are wicked? Uh, the Witch of the East, the Witch of the West, and people from Boston. <laughs> people from Boston. All right. And how did you come up with that those things were wicked? Uh, I don't know. The, just the... The word wicked, whatever associated in my brain with that. All right, how about things that are things that you think are evil? Oh, actually evil. Uh, I guess uh, tyranny, the oppression of, of uh, I guess anybody, but in particular, you know, small groups of people, minority thoughts, and... Uh, and just like on target violence. Okay, so uh, to violence you said, and then uh, minority people. What was that? <laughs> Explain no, that. No, I mean, uh, so the oppression of minority thought, whether that be a, a group of people that has you know uh, you know racial discrimination or uh, just people who hold oppo- oppositional thoughts to you know the uh, the establishment, and then are targeted and oppressed because of that thought. So, so you you support like that uh, new law that just came out in Indiana, that re- freedom of religion uh, law in Indiana? Um, no, I don't. I don't think. So, I don't think the it's. I think it's a very complicated thing. I don't know if you can say support or not support. I think I don't believe it's the government's position to impose morality on its people, but I think it's despicable that this even comes about. So. Well, isn't that that bill is is actually saying that people are allowed to have their freedom of religion, and that from that standpoint, I agree with the ability for people to express themselves. But I think that it's a shame uh, that we live in a time where the way people want to express themselves is by discrimination, and rather than by embracing other people. 
So like that bakery, she was willing to, to let them buy any, you know, like any cake. She just didn't want to participate in their wedding. You know, like she would, you know, give them stuff and she's actually friends with them and would have given them the shirt off their back, but she just wouldn't make them a wedding cake. And so that was her, she, she wanted, she was loving towards them, but she just wouldn't make that one particular thing for them. Do you really think that that's, that's really that terrible? Uh, so I don't know specifically about uh, this example. Um, I think if you don't if you don't want to provide a service, then then I guess that's your right as an American. I just I think that it's also sad that you wouldn't want to do that. Well, but like let's say that because there's nurses in England who are losing their job because they don't want to murder babies, but they're told if you don't murder a baby, you're going to lose your job. And so shouldn't they have the freedom not to murder babies? They. They do have that freedom. They don't have to be nurses. See, don't you think that's wrong? Because that's they could do they, they, you know, they could do all these other things like just not murder babies. Um, so I don't think they're murdering babies. I mean, if you're if you're doing like an abortion, you, what is it? Well, unless it's like a fourth trimester abortion, uh, it's technically not a baby yet. It's a fetus, and I think on a less. What is it going to become? So I mean, every time. Every time I don't have sex with someone who's fertile, I'm aborting theoretical children. I I don't think. Uh, no, it's only when only when it's you know conceived and you know, and it's implanted in the ba- in the mom. Then that's it's a baby. I mean, it's not an acorn. It's uh, not a tumor. No, I just don't. I think that you're drawing a semantic definition of when something becomes a baby. I'm saying you could you could roll that clock back. Uh, well, you're sort of defining when you can make a baby, too. Yeah, when it becomes a baby. But how, so that's just like a bunch of... That's just like a definition. You, so you have one definition, I have one definition. Where do you get your definition from? Uh, eh, I guess personal things are, or the dictionary. Uh, I don't think that... Uh, the point is, I don't think anyone should have to carry out an abortion if they don't want to. Um, I think that if you take a job for a for a, a government hospital in England, that part of your job requirement is to perform or uh, be in the room while they're performed. I don't think nurses are performing abortions, uh, but if that's part of the job requirement, then you're that's you're contractually bound to do that. I don't think you ha- no one forced you to become a nurse. No one forced you to be an English citizen. You could move to wherever uh, abortions are illegal, Kentucky or something. Would it just be why would it be why is it so terrible that, you know, just say, "Hey, you know, I don't want to do abortions and just let them not do them." Why would that be so bad? Um I don't think that that would be a terrible thing. I just that's not the way it's apparently done. I think I I mean personally in the United States if you work at a hospital, the, certain hospitals have different protocol. You don't have to work for an abortion clinic. You don't have to work in a in a hospital that performs abortions. You have the freedom to choose where you want to go and I think that's fine. I don't think that the government should mandate that and part of the the problem perhaps with socialized healthcare is that it it does uh impose a majority viewpoint or the government's viewpoint on what type of of health-related procedures are covered or or mandated to be carried out at particular hospitals. So there's a gray area there. But I do think that if you live in in England and you work for the NHS, then you're going to be contractually or legally bound to perform whatever they expect you to perform. All right, let me ask you a question. Where do you get... um, Where do you get your absolute right and wrong and what you believe? Where do you get that from? There is no absolute right and wrong. Okay, so... uh, But where... How do you know what's right and wrong? 
Um, I don't think I know it. I think I try to figure it out as I go along, and I am probably often wrong about what is right and wrong. I think it's a much more subtle thing than than uh, could be prescribed in any type of absolute. I think it's dangerous to, to characterize any type of morality in absolute, and that's when you get things um, that become wicked, because you, you impose your, your, your view of morality on other people uh, regardless of, of, of the circumstance. All right, so if I can have my own morality and you can have your own morality, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that's one of the tenets of American liberalism. All right, so let's say that, so my truth is that you should just give me your wallet. You should just give me all your money. So, and that's my belief. So are you going to hand it over? Um, again, I think so. The, the tenet of American liberal thought, uh, not liberal as in the political entity, but liberal as in the philosophical uh, discourse, would, would say that primarily... What, what is most important is not infringing on someone else's rights. So you have the right to your own beliefs as long as those beliefs don't specifically infringe on someone else's... I mean, as long as your behavior doesn't specifically infringe on someone else's right to have those same rights. So it's a sort of libertarian argument. I can, I can own a business and I can do whatever I want with that business, but I can't use that business to go, you know, uh, rob a bank, right? Because that's against the law. We have laws in place specifically, mostly to curtail the destruction of other people's freedoms. So, shouldn't I be able to have a, a, a wedding, a photography business that only takes pictures of, of you know, male-female weddings? So, yeah, I, I believe that if, if you want to, you can. I think it's a shame that we live in a place where people would want to do that. So All right. legally, there, legally, I see no problem with saying people don't have to uh, serve everyone. I don't think the government should be forcing a policy of non-discrimination on anyone except for government workers uh, or the laws themselves should be non-discriminatory. But, I mean, people themselves who own private businesses, private entities should be able to do whatever they want with those private businesses and entities. But I do think that from a non-legal and a moral standpoint, it is sort of despicable that people want to um, segregate and discriminate and oppress people because of their sexual orientation or race or gender uh, identity or anything like that. So, uh, how do you come up? How do you come up with with that definition? Oh, you said there is no absolute truth. Let me ask you a question: Are you a good person? Um, I try to be as much as possible. Uh, obviously, um, there's no single threshold at which someone becomes a good person. Uh, so, I mean, I I would hope so. Have you ever told a lie? Of course. Have you ever stolen anything? Yes. The Bible says if you hate someone, you've murdered them in your heart. And if you lust after a person, you commit adultery in your heart. So if God judged you by the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? Um, so I think things are, are, again, circumstantial. And I think that uh, innocence and guilt is... Uh, they're loaded terms. I don't think there's, there's absolutes. But of course, I've... You know, maybe not murder or adultery, but I've committed all the other... Uh, broken all the other commandments, I think. So have you had sex outside of marriage? Of course. And so that would be fornication, right? So you've done, you've done that. And if you lust after someone, you know, that that's the, it shows the intent of your heart. And when you hate someone, that's showing the intent of your heart. Your intent of your heart is, is hatred, is, is to murder them in your heart, right? So if you're guilty, if God judged you by the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? Um... So I I don't think God judges us by the Ten Commandments. So I mean, uh, the why not? 
Well, because the whole point of the, the New Testament was Jesus said there's only really two commandments, right? He replaces the Ten Commandments, the covenant with Noah, uh, with uh, Moses, with the covenant in the New Testament, which says there's only really two commandments, to love God with all your heart and to love mankind with all your heart. Actually, at that time, the, one of the goals was to be able to sum up. You know, so there was two ways that the laws were doing it. They were they were taking the laws and saying, okay, if you're going to apply this to your life, then it would mean one, two, three, four, five. You know, and they went on, you know, to a huge number of laws. And the other way they were taking is take the laws and sum them up. And so the first three laws, you know, the actually the first four, the first four laws sum up love for God, and then the rest sum up love for people. So if you don't murder them, then you're loving, you know what I mean? Then that's yeah, a loving thing yeah. to do. If you don't steal from them, that's a loving thing to do. If you don't lie to someone, that's a loving thing to do. You're not coveting your neighbor's stuff. You're not coveting your neighbor's wife, you know, by like lusting after her. Then these things are, that's loving your neighbor. And so those two are, don't break these Ten Commandments. And so that's what, really what Jesus was doing. He was showing how awesome he was. And the people who were asking would have been amazed at his answer because they, they had been thinking years on how to sum up those laws. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's a good... I mean, it's a reinterpretation. Um, I think that's a good way of thinking about it. Uh, the question, though, is that um, are these things absolute dictates which of course we all fail at or are they uh are they methods of intentionality so do we want to become strive to become better more you know godlike or whatever of course on a day-to-day level we're going to fail we're going to get angry we're going to get lustful we're going to get impatient and 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 do terrible things the point is that we would like that tomorrow to be better than today and so i don't think it makes that much sense to say, at this point in time, are you guilty or are you innocent? We're all guilty. That's the point of original sin, right? So, I mean, we're, we're guilty. It's only through repentance and striving to be, become better that we're ever going to become innocent. What about if someone pays your fine, then you're free to go, right? Wouldn't that be a loving, would that be like the ultimate loving thing if somebody paid your fine and, and then you could go free yourself? Um, yeah, That's what God did. See, God has these laws to show you that you're not a good person. That See, those laws are based on who he is, that God would never lie and steal and murder. And so he is an absolute just God. And so he has to punish sin where it's found, but he's loving and merciful. And so he sent his own son, Jesus, that lived that perfect life, died on that cross to pay your fine. And so then you don't get to heaven by being a good person. You don't earn it or deserve it, but it's because he paid that fine for you. And then what he does, he fills you with the Holy Spirit and helps you to do what you had said before, become that better person every day. Not that you would be perfect until you get to heaven, but to move in that direction because he gives you a new heart, a new soft heart that again sees the laws. When you were, when you were a little kid, do you remember the first time you did something bad and got in trouble with your parents? No. No, you don't remember that heart pounding. Oh no, I did something bad. No, I think I've been doing bad things since before I can remember. That's a reasonable statement. Uh, when uh, when I think of my my little my kids, the first time that they did something bad, they're like, oh, and their hearts pound, and oh no, I'm gonna get caught. I'm in big trouble. I did something bad. And then the next time it gets easier, and the next time it gets easier and easier, and our hearts get callous. And when we get born again, you get a new heart, and. It, the first, when I became born again, all of a sudden I would hear people swearing and blaspheming God. And I'd be like, oh, and I was like, did you know that they swear and that they take God's name in vain? And my husband was like, Chen, they've been doing that for years. And I was like, oh, I just started hearing it. 
And that's what happens. And so God is a loving God, but he's also a just God. And so he dies on the cross to pay your fine because he knows that you can't be good. Does that make sense? Um, what you're saying literally makes sense, but I don't think I understand the narrative. Um, so, I mean, why why have any of these bad things if if you're just going to have it be a bad thing to do them and then... Right? I, I mean... It, the idea of a creator God imposing his will on people and then getting mad when they don't follow it, giving them free will, punishing them for uh, partaking in that free will, and, and having created sin in the first place so that you can exercise free will in a bad way is sort of a, I think, logical paradox. So maybe it's less intentioned than that. Do you think it's wrong that a parent tells his child, don't lie, don't steal, be home at a certain time? Is that bad? Is that wrong? That they would impose that on them? No, but um, within the Christian narrative, God also created the ability, the, the very idea of lying and stealing and, and staying out late. Actually, God did not create those things. He created everybody perfect, but people wanted to be like God. The, only, the first rule, the only rule was not to eat from that tree. They could do whatever that, you know, they could be in that garden, eat whatever they wanted. That was the only one. He created the tree. When I tell my kids, don't do these things, it's because I love them, right? And so God tells us not to do those things because he loves us. Now, if you paid a prostitute to have sex with you, do you think she'd love you? Why did he make the tree? Hold on. Just let's go down this thing and we'll go back to the, the thing. We'll go back to the tree. All right. So if, does, if you pay for sex... Is it is the prostitute loving you? No, but and if God made you a, a robot, would you be love to just do good things and love Him? Would you be loving Him? Uh, I if I mean God could do that, right? He could do anything. But you would just be it would be forced, right? It would be a forced kind of thing. What would you rather have someone love you because they just loved you, or love you because you made them love you? Isn't the threat of eternal damnation essentially, uh, you, I mean, our, there's a gun against our head. It says, love me or you go to hell. That's not really a choice. Well, it's a gratitude saying, thank you for not sending me to hell, right? <laughs> so we love someone because they didn't punish us for, for all of eternity? Because they died for you. Uh, but they only died for us because they made all this evil stuff, which is gonna, which is gonna, I suppose, cause temptation and and lying and immorality and whatever. Not to mention the fact that God killed a lot of these people in the Old Testament. I mean, at a certain point, I just don't see. You make the tree and then you get mad when people eat from it. That seems hypocritical. Well, do you have things in in your yard in your house that you have that you don't want other people to eat? Is is it hypocritical for you to have them and not just give them away to everybody? No, but I'm not all. I'm not omnipotent. I'm not all loving. So I mean, I'm flawed. I'm a human being. God's supposed to not be flawed, so He should be not subject to the same constraint of property rights or whatever that I have. So let me ask. All right. So let me think about this for a second. So when Adam and Eve, when they first broke the law, that's how sin and all these bad things came in. It's not that God created all these bad things. It's that we broke his law. And so like when we lie, bad things happen. When we steal, bad things happen. When we murder, bad things happen. And so bad things came into the world because of our sin, not because God created the sin. You said that God made us perfect, but if he made us perfect, why were we sinning? 
Why did we eat the apple? Why was the snake tempting us? Why did the snake exist at all? Why did the tree exist at all? The thing is, you can't believe simultaneously that God made all this stuff and that it was sort of our fault. It isn't our fault because God made us that way. And if we were perfect, then we were always destined exactly to do that. Let me ask you a question. Why is it so terrible just to say, you know what? I don't understand why he did it that way, but I'm grateful that he paid that fine and just received that payment. Why would that be so bad? Well, that's not terrible. I think accepting the mystery and, and, the, and the questions concerning religion are, are absolutely adequate, but I think that when you start to say things like we're going to interpret all this stuff as, as literally true and we're going to impose this, this interpretation on other people by you know, subjugating or oppressing them because of their sexual orientation, that's when things get dangerous. That's the arrogance of saying I understand everything. Having read the Bible that was written by men or whatever does not teach me everything there is to know. So is it, so the Bible isn't true because it was written by men? No, I, it's, not, it's not complete. And what needs to be added to it? I have no idea. If I knew, then, then I would write it. So the books on your shelf, who were they written by? I mean, I have the Bible. I have, you know, Dashaevsky and David Foster Wallace and, and Zadie Smith and whatever. I, I think I... I don't think at any point any book contains all truth. I don't think there is a notion of all truth. It's astounding how far you could keep going and still be incomplete. The, the thing is, I think it's arrogant to think we ever pin everything down, and there are obvious and weird logical contradictions within the Bible as written. Name one. That God created something which is sin. and is He didn't. It doesn't say he created sin. It says he created everything. Then he didn't create everything, and then he's not omnipotent, and there's something outside of God. Well, he created you and I, but we sinned. But he created us perfectly, so why did we sin? Because we're not God. But then we're not perfect either. Did God really create evil and sin and all of that? Well, the short answer is no, even though he created everything. You see, even though God created everything, he did not create evil and sin. Those things happened as a result of his creation doing something that they were not designed to do. Even though man was created perfect, man was also given the freedom to do right and wrong. And unfortunately, mankind chose to do what was wrong. And sadly, we've been doing that ever since. That's something, that's the doctrine called original sin. We are all determined or, or naturally bent towards sinfulness or towards evil. None of us desire to do that which is right. None of us desire to do God's will. The Bible says there are none righteous, no, not one. There are none who seek after God. There are none good. But that's why we need a Savior. That's why we need Jesus to save us. That's why we need him to change our hearts, to create in us a new heart, a clean heart, to wash us from our sins. Once that change happens, once they are born again, then they will be given a new heart with new desires. God will change them. He will make them a new creation. Once you're a new creation, you no longer desire to do that which is wrong. You desire to do the will of the one who saved you, God Almighty. Does that mean that you will never sin again? No, sadly it doesn't. 
You see, the Bible talks about that as well. If we say we have no sin, then we're liars. But it also says that if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We need to confess our sins, and He is just and willing to forgive us. Go to the book of 1 John for more information about that. But you see, God did not create evil. God did not create sin. It was our fault that sin is in this world. It is our fault that evil is in this world. But in spite of that, in spite of the curse upon this world, in spite of our sinfulness, in spite of our wickedness, our evilness, God so loved us that he was willing to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die on this earth, who was born of a virgin, who was fully God and fully man. Jesus lived a sinless life, no evil whatsoever. And he died on the cross to take our place, to pay for our sins with his blood. He died on the cross and then he rose again on the third day, defeating death and hell and offering everyone eternal life. Everyone, that is, that repents and places their trust in Jesus Christ alone. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to heaven except through him. No other way to the Father except through him. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You're listening to Women's Radio. There's not going to be a show next week because I'm going on vacation. I'm going to try and squeeze some R&R in between all the conferences I have going on this month. Check out the events at witnesstalkradio.org for more details. So, until next time, the fields are ripe for the harvest. What are you waiting for? Get out there and share your faith. May God bless you. Witness Radio has been brought to you by the Muniac family.